And now, enjoy this free Jason Modcast show. Welcome to My Public Life as an American Nerd. I am your host, David K. Montoya. All right, gang, we are back to finish up what we started on Wednesday. But before we do that, uh, I hope everybody had a happy and safe Halloween yesterday. Uh, Technically, as I'm recording this, it's 10.30 p.m. Halloween night. And I, I'm extremely sleepy. We've been home for about an hour and a half, two hours now. Uh, the girls and I and Jay, we went up to Silverwood and, uh, or not Silverwood, I'm sorry, Silver Lakes, and did some trick-or-treating up there. Now we're back home. Uh, we had some pizza for dinner. Kids are in bed, and now I am here with you, the gentle listener, so we can get on with the X-Men number one. So this will be this. I, 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 I've already listened to this, or not listen. <laughs> See, I'm tired. Um, I've already read this once, and and it gets interesting. So I'm excited to pass this on to you. So, without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the new X-Men number one. And I believe this is, if you're reading on Comicology, it's page 23, I believe. Let me see. Last time I read it, it was on... um, on the iPad today, it is on my laptop because the girls conned me out of the the phone and the laptop so they could go to sleep. So let's see. So it, it is 23 if you're reading on Comicology or Marvel.com. You know they're uh, e-readers, and if you're reading along on the book. It is, let's see, page one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. And that's kind of the reason why I stopped there is because if you're reading along, it's page 20, and I believe this is a 40-page book, so that's why we stopped. And let's see. Let's go ahead and zoom in here. All right. So here we go. Okay. So what we are looking at is it's uh, space with some spaceships flying around. It looks like towards a star with a circle and and some reflective panels like a space station. And it is the Orcris Forge. Now, I was brought this was brought to my attention. Uh thank you Justin for the email. Um Orcris, I was pronouncing I was I I don't know why I was saying orchard. Maybe it was because I was looking at it off the iPad and it was smaller. It looked like orchard. But he said it because he had read it uh, uh, along, and he said it was Orcris. Now Orcris, it, or, Orcris Forge is what the the thing is called in the X Men. But the Orcris is actually a character from the world of Warcraft, which I had no idea uh, because I do not play that whatsoever. I've never even logged into it, so. That I didn't know that, but there you go. So thank you, Justin. Thank you for the email. And also speaking of email, if you are going to the Jason Modcast podcast network, you've noticed that everything's back to normal. Uh, I I dedicated an entire day to do that. A lot of yawning is being cut out. <laughs> Just to let you know. 
Okay, so anyway, thank you, Justin, for pointing that out. And it's the Orcrest Forge, and that's where we start. As it says, it's the Orcrest Forge, and Orcrest was created to be the last gap of the last generation, a doomsday weapon composed of human minds, the greatest ever assembled. That's foreboding, isn't it? All right, let's see what it says next. So we hit the next button. It is uh, how do you? It looks like there's a, a robot figure in the foreground, uh, female, and uh, I don't know why it makes me think of like Darth Vader without his helmet, but it does. I don't know why in the in in the background. And it starts off. Oh, and they're looking at a yellow, the yellow sun or something. I'm not sure what it is at this point. It says, free from the warring ideology that have paralyzed the civilized world. We were scientists from shield, aim, armor, and alpha flight. You also have a small army of hammer parasites and six, six infernal geneticists from Hydra. The next one is the guy from earlier. He's uh, in a side view, and he's looking out the window, and a robotic person is behind him. And then further in the background is uh, some human-sized sentinels. You know what they look like to me, though? They look like Trapjaw from He-Man. Back in the 80s, you know, that the, the, the bluish-purple with the green face? That is who it reminds me of is Trapjaw. Check it out. And you see it, and you're like, oh my god, it is. If you know who I'm talking about, Trapjaw. And so the old man says, yes, well, there are lesser evils we tolerate for the greater good. Because, you see, what we do here is all that matters. Survival. For our enemy is the future. And this is what comes from forgetting that. And then it shows, a, a in the same panel, it's the guy, the front view, and you, and you can see his, his eyes are all covered and has uh, cybernetics coming to his eyes. And then it's you hit the next button, and it's a whole body of him. He's looking, and it says mutants. Just look at what they have done. Now, he's in a, a like a space station chamber. He's looking out the window still. The lady robot's behind him still. And two of the life-size sentinels are off to the right. And behind him is a bunch of coffins and soldiers that are attending it. So the... Uh, I think they're getting ready to give them a burial in space. Then the lady, we finally see a close-up of the lady, cyborg-looking lady, and it says, The same sun that powers this station's power is them, Director Devo. Your two races exist in a closed system. For now... Any action you take, any action they take, will have a repercussion on the other. Conflict was unavoidable. Wonder what happened. Now, it is a, a close-up of the old man with the funky eye glasses. And it says... I've read Dr. Greger's reports. I know you saw this disaster coming. And then back to the woman's face, which it reminds me of a, a shot from, um, oh, what is it called? The Avengers movie Endgame? Yeah, that's the last one, huh? Avengers Endgame. And, um, where the robotics has the head all separated from uh, 
Gamora's sister. I can't think of her name. Well, anyway, it's it's the same here for some reason, and it doesn't explain why it's all separated out, but it is. But she says, oh, the signs were there for anyone to see. Okay. Then a life-size sentinel is picking up a coffin, and the old man is standing behind the sentinel. And he says, we aren't all gifted with the machine brain of an Omega Sentinel karma. Humans will always be slaves to our emotions. Then another angle of the old man standing behind the life-size sentinel picking up the coffin. And in that spirit, we built the forge as the last hope for humanity. The great refuge in case evolution saw fit to leave mankind behind. And then it is uh, an aerial view, crane view, of the sentinel putting the coffin on a conveyor belt. And the two are standing behind them as they chit-chat. And it is now the lady who's speaking. And it says, it's one thing to shake your fist at God, director. But it's something entirely altogether to call down the thunder. Putting 93 million miles between you and Earth was a human deterrent, not a mutant one. Okay. And another shot where the coffin is heading towards the camera. And the two, the old man and the lady, robotic lady, are in the background talking, chatting. And this is... The old lady or the lady that's starting with this line and placing a mother mold in orbit around the sun was always going to spark a response. Dr. Greger was the blame is mine, not hers. The old man said. Side view of the old man. Great shot. Great detail. <clears throat> it says it was I who designed the upfit of the station based on the pre-existing Stark Richards model and it was I who adapted the the Trash Sentinel template for the Celestial production I only wish I could have been here to try to stop them and now it's uh, the cameras behind the lady and the old man as the coffin is getting, looks like it's getting ready to go out like a holographic window or something. I don't know. It says, this is the lady speaking. No, it's better than better that you weren't in transit. Humans need leaders. Pack behavior is dependent on them. Just a, a crane view of that same shot. And it looks like now the coffin is past that holographic stage and, and is out in, in space. And it says, it's bad enough that Dr. Greger remains compromised and that so many died. And then it's the, the Orcris, just showing the Orcris. I think that's tons of coffins floating around. It says, but losing you would have made this whole experiment pointless. Then we shoot over to a side view of Cyclops looking at, out at space. And it looks like he's standing on the moon. And Quasar is standing behind him. And they're in some type of swamp thing looking thing habitable thing <laughs> and it says the summer house mutant habitat quasar sun luke oh sorry that was that's dumb oh hey dad gene asked <clears throat> try that again sorry <clears throat> gene asked me to come find you dinner is almost ready when we all got back to Kimura, someone asked me where I wanted to live. I didn't really worry about it at first. We 
just all hung out under the stars, happy to soak it all in. But the more I thought about it, I realized I wanted a place with a view. I can tell. We can grow Camorian habitats anywhere, Dad. And they all link back to the main island. So I figured, well, why settle? And they're now looking off into space at Earth from, I'm assuming, the moon. Inside the habitat thing. Great shot, though. <clears throat> and then it's a close-up of a steak on top of a grill with a pair of metal tongs. And it says, want to explain what you're doing? And then it is Vulcan. He looks like he's grilling a steak. And it says, inside this device, an inferno burns. That fire matches the one inside me. Do you see? I was born for such things. And I will not stop until these all-consuming flames have... Yeah, you're not listening. I want my steak rare. That's Wolverine, by the way. You put meat on fire and expect what? The fire not to be fire? I'm going to fight you. Peace warrior. Because you have you are valiant, you have earned my respect. I will give you your steak rare. He takes a drink of his beer. Thank you. Whoosh. As uh, it doesn't really show. What it is is he looks like Wolverine's dropping his beer bottle. There's Smoke coming up from the the steak, and uh, Vulcan says, "Medium rare." Wolverine's reply is, "You son of a." That's that's classic. And then, oh my gosh, I can't remember his name. Uh, he's one of the Star Jammers. Mm, let's read and see what he... Anyway, he's standing there and he's holding a big old gun. What is his name? Let's see. Okay, let's see what it says. Does it have the thermal scope? Mine has a thermal scope, asks a person off scene. His reply, a holographic thermal scope. Of course. To be clear, that's insignificant armor, armor when facing a strong and alpha. But yes, always. Here, however, is the real shimmer in the celestial eye. It has antimatter rounds. And then it's uh, a young Nathan Gray who's holding his own little gun. Oh my God. I have to have it. Now, this next part kind of like, I just, I don't know. I don't like it, but, you know, it just whatever. Raza, that's his name. Raza, that's the guy's name from the Star Jammers. That's who he's talking to. Um, but anyway, a young Cable yells out, Mom! Is it cool if I trade guns with Raza? Yes, seriously. <sighs> yeah. And then you see Jean Grey, who's dressed as Marvel Girl, using her telekinesis to set the table with plates. And it says, Set the table first, dear. For real, so this is an X-Men comic. And then the the guy that looks like from uh, I don't remember any of these people's names from um, 
the star jammers, the one that looks like the creature of the Black Lagoon, rams into uh, Jean Grey on accident. It says, I made tea, but I believe it needs sugar. Jean's like, of course it does. Thank you, Chad. There you go. There's his name, Chad. And then this is a really fun uh, scene. It's uh, everybody's kind of setting down for dinner. It's you see Wolverine in the corner drinking beer. You see Rachel and uh, the the one from uh, the Star Jammers, the cat, half cat, hat woman one. You see Vulcan grilling up steaks. You see Jean Grey serving steaks. You see Chad with his tea. And you see Cable over in the corner at a table. It's a good shot. And uh, it says the, the, the half cat, half woman one. I can never remember her name. Um, she was with, uh, oh, Quasar. Uh, but I don't remember her name. So, but anyway, it starts with, so a question I have. She's asking Rachel. Huh. Was Rachel's response. All your clothes, spikes on them, have they? Or a special occasion is this? Yes. That was really not an answer. Then another hard drink for another hard girl I am getting. And then Rachel's like, sure, but none of the purple stuff. Jean looks at Cyclops, who's standing next to Quasar. Hey, just in time. Gabriel's almost done burning dinner. Cyclops, fantastic. Did you give your dad his present? What's this? Quasar asked. Cyclops, I hadn't said anything yet, but I guess we're doing that now. Hey, Alex, you got the thing? Alex walks up with that little planty thing. And Alex Havoc, by the way. Yes, I do. Here you go, old man. I, I don't know. I kind of like that, uh, that line. It, it felt real. I don't know. I like that line. And uh, Quasar is looking at the, the plant. And he's like, it it it's nice. It's a plant, a flower. Okay, I don't get it. Cyclops, close up to Cyclops. It says it's a cocorian, a cocorian gate, Dad, linked with one that we have here in the house. All you need to do is plant it, and the star jammers, abdo. Oh no, let's try that again. Arbortarium. Wow. And no matter where you are in the universe, you'll always be just a short walk away. Then he's looking at uh, Scott and Alex with a smile, and he's like, well then, I love it. Then Vulcan comes into the picture. It's good to see you, Dad. Yes, Father. Your visit warms my heart, which already is a flame, is like pouring heat upon heat. It's the fire of one thousand suns. The okay, grab Gary. He gets it. I'm only like this because I grew up without a strong male role model, which kind of made me laugh when I read that the first time. Cyclops is smiling. All right, it's been a good day. The first of many. Let's eat. And then it talks about the blue area of the moon. That's where they're at. And it gives the the schematics of um, 
the Summer's House. And that was kind of the big thing about what's going on online because Jean Grey's in the middle of the three, and it's, uh, let's see, it is 11, 10, 11, and 12. So Cyclops is, no, it goes Wolverine, then Jean Grey, and Cyclops. But they all have interconnecting rooms, meaning they can all go into different rooms. And um, they they online say that they're they're insinuating to uh, uh, a polymorphic or not polymorphic <laughs> polyamorous relationship. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's, we'll see what happens. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me. Not this day and age. Okay, so now uh, it's they're back into this uh, organic-looking kitchen thing, and Cyclops is looks like he's cleaning dishes, and he's holding like this gun thing that's kind of viney and quasar walks up behind him got stuck doing dishes huh it's my night well move over you wash all dry actually that's not how it works I just spray this cocoing goo all over them, and it eats all the bacteria and waste. And then when it converts that into various elemental gases, it just evaporates, leaving behind clean plates. <laughs> it's a good, a good view of, uh, of Quasar looking rather ill. He's like, son, that is disgusting. I think I'm going to vomit. No. Disgusting was when Kamoa tried to grow us an edible plant that also improved what it considered to be an abnormal biological functions. The plates and the goo were a compromise. Oh. Then a good side view of them talking, Cyclops and Quasar. My boy, the world has changed. Yes, it has. And for the better. Another view of the two talking. Well, forgive my simple-minded human observation. Dad? No, listen. You've always lived a dangerous life, and it cost you over the years. Great shot of a side view of him kind of holding his head and thinking and talking. But what you are doing, it feels even more dangerous. I'm worried about you and your brothers. Cyclops, kind of smiling. Here's the thing I figured out, Dad. There's no end to the number of things on Earth or hell out there in the universe that wants to kill us. They never stop coming. They never will. We're all the same that way. So, sure, I'm a fighter. I will never stop fighting for what I believe in. But I also live here, surrounded by the people I love. So I'm done focusing on things that want me dead. I'm choosing to spread my day or spend my days focused on things that make me want to live. Okay? Okay. You're a good boy. And it's a, a back view of uh, kind of Quasar has his arm draped around Cyclops as Cyclops is spraying the goo on the plates. And we're back to the Orcus Forge. And let's see what goes on next. Uh, 
an attractive white-haired, blue-eyed lady. She looks like she's working on something futuristic, some futuristic machine. And then it goes into her side view, nice close-up side view. It says, I have heard you've arrived. First out, last in. Always a soft bed for the man behind the curtain. You're angry with me, says the shadow. You think I shouldn't be angry? Look at look at you. Look at them. Then it's the old man with the funky eyes. Uh, it says, if you want to use that rage for some for whatever it gets you, Dr. Gregor, that's fine. So as long as you don't get lost along the way or lose sight of where we're headed. Isn't it Devo? I believe his name is Dr. Devo. And she turns and looks at like the microscope thing. Lose sight. It's true. I was born blind. But through science, I can see the world in infrared, ultraviolet, and a hundred ways beyond that. It's not much that slips past my observations, especially not when I'm looking closely. I did not see you earlier at the funeral. And side view, but they're mainly silhouettes as she works. You should have been there. We were burying your husband. Side view. She stops working. She's, it looks like she's clutching her lab coat. And she says, There wasn't enough left to bury of Killian. And even if there was, it would have just been a shell. Nothing more. What he what he was lives here, all in her heart. And then it looks like she's reaching for something. And here, in my work, he was our best military mind, a great strategist and hunter, a tower of a man. Memories are fond. Legacy is better. But in losing him, we lost more than that. I know. But, well, I guess now is a good time as any. Would you like to know a little secret, Director? What's that? I know how to bring him back. And that's to be continued. So that's it. That's the whole... X-Men number one, um, I gave it a, a three out of five stars. I did enjoy it. It was, uh, I mean, there's some, there's some things that I was just like, eh. But I think that was me being more of a fanboy than anything else. And, um, yeah, I thought it was, it was, it was pretty fun. Um, so, uh, obviously, I'm not going to read issue two to you, but I, I figured that would be something fun to do with everybody. Um, other than it being Halloween, I also uh, wanted to talk about the Crown Jewel. Now, I don't talk a lot about WWE and wrestling, but um, I thought Crown Jewel was something that was worth talking about. It, uh, it was... Um, it was today. It took place in Riyadh, uh, Saudi Arabia. And it was a good card. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. And um, I was going to go through some of the matches once I find it. And we'll talk a little bit before we wrap this up. Okay, I found what I was looking for at www.wwe.com. Okay, so let's take a peek. 
Um, so it starts with, I'm just going through the list. It says, Our Truth defeats Sanil Singh to win the 24-7 championship. Now, it was, uh, I'm trying to think. It was during the Battle Royal, and Sanil Singh got eliminated, and Truth, of course, was hiding under the the ring. And as they were heading back up the ramp, uh, Truth snuck up, got a, a roll-up. And, and I don't know if you've noticed, but like 90% of all the, the, the changing of the, the championships happened with a roll-up. I, I don't know why. It's just... Well, the thing that they're doing anyway. So, uh, our truth gets the, the win and he gets his baby back. I don't remember what he, I think he has a name for it, but anyway, he runs up the ramp. Then the official, Oh wait. And then the, there's a 20 man, uh, battle Royal over the top battle Royal. And, um, whoever wins the battle Royal gets a, a championship opportunity for, uh, the United States Championship to the battle AJ Styles, the champion. And Humberto Carrillo, who won it, and I have no idea who he was. Uh, he he, he kind of reminded me when he came out, if he was missing a mask, if he had a mask on, I would have sweared to God he was a Power Ranger from the 90s. Really. Go look up him. WWE Humberto Carrillo. And it's C-A-R-R-I-L-L-O. And he does. He looks like a Power Ranger from the 90s. Okay, so that was the pre-show. And that was good. He won. Um, it was believable how it all kind of worked out. It was fun. And then the show starts. And I don't understand why they, they're starting the show with Brock Lesnar. Um if you notice that they've they've started a lot of the shows with Brock Lesnar as match number one, and I don't get why. Uh, I don't know if it's just because he wants to get in, get out, get back home, because you know it's a long ass flight back to the states from Saudi Arabia. I don't know, but he was number one. Him and Cain uh, Velasquez. Now Cain Velasquez, they hyped really, really big. Um, he he battled. He, his claim to fame was he beat Brock Lesnar in the UFC for the UFC title. And the scar under Lesnar's left eye is legitimately from Cain Velasquez. Um, he got cut. And that's where he lost the title as a TKO to Cain Velasquez. So they hyped this big thing. And um, so... Brock Lesnar came in. They fought. It felt very USC, which I did like. And but it only went a minute and like maybe two minutes at most. I want to say somewhere I seen online it said like a minute and forty seconds. And surprisingly, even though how much they hyped Cain Velasquez, Brock won. Brock won clean, which I thought was kind of cool. And of course, he retained the title. And then um, oh, Rey Mysterio. He uh he he had to come in and, and make his picture on the the scene because I know that he's saying that he's getting ready to retire but he wants to wrestle Brock Lesnar like as his retirement match or something like that I don't know I'm not 100 percent sure of if it's going to be his retirement match but I know that he wants to wrestle Brock Lesnar and I I they're obviously booking that show they're just building on it um and then. The the largest tag team turmoil match in WWE history to determine the best tag team in the world. Okay, so it was good. Um, I was rooting for the Viking Raiders uh, just because those guys are really cool. Uh, and they made it to the finals, but they were beaten by the OC, which is the original club. And um, I am hoping that – well, now I think they're they're actually going to fight the Viking Raiders for a title. I, I hope they don't give 
uh, OC the tag titles. I like Viking Raiders as the champions. But anyway, they won it, so now they're the best tag team in the world. Like, kind of like last year how uh, Shane McMahon won the best in the world tournament as singles. This year, same process, but it was for tag teams. And then there was uh, Mansoor, who wrestled Cesaro. He won um, He won that match, Mansoor. And, of course, he is uh, a, a Saudi native, He, but he was from Jeddah, Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. And um, he's the only Saudi superstar, WWE superstar, you know, in existence as of this moment. Then we go backstage and we see R-Truth. He's got the 24-7 championship. He's coming out of his door. And he runs into um, Sunil Singh. And then he runs into Samir Singh, which is the, the brother, the Singh brothers. And he's like, ah, oh, you know, you, you be champion. You've always got a, an escape plan. He turned around and ran directly into the door. Okay. Knocked himself out. And instead of Samil getting the win, it was Samir who won. And, and he won the title now. So now it's the other brother who's the 24-7 champion. Then we get to the only real I, – I just didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. Um, I got up, washed, I think, some clothes, talked to my son a little bit, came back, peeked to see if it was still going. And, you know, it just – it was boring. It was a very boring match, and that was uh, Tyson Fury uh, versus Braun Strowman. Now – can somebody tell me what is the lineal championship? Okay, because I've I've never heard of a lineal championship. It I I know of like WBC, WBA, WBO, um, IBF. I think there's even an IBO. You know those kind of things, but I've never heard of a lineal championship. So somebody email me and tell me. Um, what a lineal championship is because Tyson Fury is the lineal boxing champion. And that was one of the things that really just really irks the crap out of me is that a boxer and a wrestler, even though they both perform inside of a ring are two different things. And, you know, a boxer is that they box, they throw punches. That's their, their, their forte as where, a wrestler puts on a show of moves and acrobats or acrobatics and, and, you know, puts, puts it all together to, to make a visual, uh, medium. And it just, it didn't, it, it never really transforms or not transforms, but it never really, it never really makes a well-rounded match. And that's what it was. It was really boring. And in fact, we all knew that Tyson Fury was going to win anyway, but they had him win on a count out, which was really stupid. Um, and, uh, yeah. <laughs> and then we get to the U S match where AJ Styles fought, uh, power ranger, her, um, Humberto, Humberto Carrillo. And it was a, a really fun, quick, paced match lots of acrobats high risk maneuvers a lot of aerial stuff uh but it was just kind of uh aj styles taking it you know ground and pound ground and pound you know tactics and and got the win over that now a lot of people i read this online that people were like ooh, ooh, you know just being trolls and whiny um Really, how do I say this nicely? In reality, the women in Saudi Arabia do not have the freedoms that the women have in the States or pretty much anywhere in, in the Western civilization. So females are not sanctioned or allowed to perform in events like wrestling 
And today was the very first time in Saudi Arabia history ever, ever, that there was a, a woman's division anything. And it was, uh, a, you know, obviously women's division match. Uh, it was Natalia. Now, Natalia, if you don't know who she is, she is the daughter of Jim the Anvil Nightheart, who was one half of the Heart Foundation with Brett the Hitman Heart. And then Lacey Evans, um, she's uh, a newcomer to the the promotion, WWE. And they they promoted it as an exhibition and I, I thought that was very good because there was no storyline to it i guess it was just a last minute you know the the prince of saudi arabia said okay i want two blondes to wrestle and that's it so they they picked natalia and lacey evans now the thing is is that um they they didn't wear their, their typical attire. Plus they wore these long shirts that had their logos on, you know, it covered their body. And, um, I don't know. I just, I, I don't understand that culture. So I, I can't make sense of it, but it was a good match. It was a good exhibition. And Natalia beat Lacey Evans in the first ever women's, match in Saudi Arabia ever. Then there was the five on five tag team team Hulk Hogan versus team Ric Flair, which I thought was kind of fun. Um, Rusev, who you could just tell was a huge um, wrestling fan, you know, doing a lot of Hulk Hogan stuff. And uh, it, it was fun. It was fun. Uh, we all knew that Roman Reigns was going to get the win because, you know, the promotion's really, really pushing Roman Reigns for the last, I don't know how many years now to be the top guy in, uh, in WWE, but we knew that he was going to, and, uh, I don't know. It, it almost seemed like he, in real life, he had some type of problem with Hulk Hogan. Because at the end of the, the show, you know, the, the other wrestlers, which was um, Ricochet and Ali, Rusev, and Shorty G. Yes, his name. They, this promotion changed an Olympic gold medalist. I'm not, I don't, I don't is he a gold medalist? I think he was a gold medalist. I know he went to the Olympics. Um, Chad Gable. Google him. He's a legit amateur wrestler. <laughs> and I changed his name to Shorty G. And I'm not joking. Um, anyway, they were down, the four of them were down celebrating with Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart while Roman Reigns remained in the the the, the ring. And then it just there was some type of chemistry that just didn't really feel right between Roman Reigns and Hulk Hogan. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's like something really going on between them. And then we get to the main event. Now, I – how do I say this? I watched Hell in the Cell at the end of September. And while I admit, you know, I, I was kind of disappointed with the ending of the show, you know, because they stopped it. I did love the fact that it was all red and the cage was red and, and it was just like, it was creepy. It was something out of a scary movie. Um, but you know, the end result we felt was just lacking, you know, because they stopped the match. Well, they did it again this time, this time in Saudi Arabia and it was a, a false count anywhere. Uh, it didn't matter what could happen. Um, the, the match could not be stopped like it was last time. And, you know, again, you, you see Seth Rollins. Well, number one, Bray Wyatt's entrance as the fiend is just really fun. I really enjoyed this character and, you know, the headgear that he wears to the ring just to portray the, you know, the, the fiend, 
has to be really uncomfortable and really hot. Mind you, this is Saudi Arabia too. And, you know, he put on a full show with that headgear and, you know, it was really fun. It was absolutely fun. And, um, you know, you knew it was getting close to the end when uh, Seth Rollins was doing all that curb stomping. But I think the, the, the best part of the night, because we haven't really seen any type of pyrotechnic since like the late, not late, but early, early 90s, I think, is when I remember seeing, you know, like people being thrown into like gear and stuff you know and you you're you like zzz, zzz, you know and you see sparks and and fire and all that it was fun and uh you're like oh okay you know so this is how it's gonna win but then all of a sudden uh the fiend emerges from the the fire and the sparks and and gives the mandible claw hits him with uh sister abigail and then gets the win and actually wins the universal title which is fun because the belt's red. And for some reason, uh, again, when Bray is fighting as the fiend, he has a, a red light. The whole arena is lit up red. It's really eerie. It's something out of like, it's just shining. It, it's just, it's fun. Um, and so he wins the universal title and, uh, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see how this plays out. I don't know if I'm going to watch it tonight. I may. I mean, I might watch uh, SmackDown um, on on Fox. Uh, I don't know. It, it feels very commercial. The product seems very commercial on Fox. And um, I don't know. Just something very different about it. But I might give it because I'm curious. I'm curious to see if there's any type of uh, anything, what happens next. All right, gang. I have gone on. I didn't think I was going to go on for an hour, but I've almost gone on for an entire hour. Uh, I read you the Jason or the Jason um, podcast. I'm tired. I read you the the X-Men comic to finish it. And then we went and covered, um, crown jewel and that took an hour. So thank you for coming in for this special edition of my public life as an American nerd. As always, I am David K Montoya. And until next week, I bid you adieu.